0: Well, everyone, we're back like both after six days of studying or maybe seven. Welcome to entirely the right sort of podcast. I'm your host and troop leader, RJ. And today I have some very special guests all the way from the middle of Navarre in the Waystone Inn. It's Will and Phoenix from the KKC pod tales from the Waystone. We're all waving at each other, but you can't see. Um, <laughs> podcast. You right. two, I brought, I, I brought you three things. An apple that thinks it's a pear. A bun that thinks it's a cat, and a lettuce that thinks it's a lettuce.
1: <laughs> so, we have brought a, a cat that believes it's an otter. What a clever and cat.
2: We've got a, a devil that thinks it's a man.
0: Very incanus like. Yeah. How <laughs> is everybody today? <laughs> We're, doing We're doing well. Good. I also think that we have
1: an elephant that thinks that it's Shane, because it has the little yellow hat.
0: (laughs) What a cutie. (laughs) Yeah, we're
1: doing well. How about you? Good.
0: Happy to hear that. I'm doing well as well. Try not to go too crazy in this coronavirus time. As our dear listeners know, we're still in the middle of that and are slowly opening everything back up but i'm pretty sure i'm going to be working from home for a while so settled in trying not to work from my bed too much and podcasting luck with the
1: not working from your bed too much i work from the couch all the time
0: it's so hard it's so hard well today you two are here with me to talk about the fascinating ari thank you so much some theories some speculations and what we find enchanting about her character so as you and my dear listeners may know all five of them I start out with seven things uh we know about the character or can speculate so we're gonna switch off I'll go ahead and start about dear Ori number one she studied under master mandrag at the university studied alchemy
2: yep we can see that in her we can see that in uh, the slow regard of science, uh, the slow regard of science things, <laughs> <laughs> where she talks about Mandrag's lessons when she's making soap, and she seems to have an alchemical understanding of chemical properties. Thought that was fascinating.
0: Yeah, it is. Who wants to do number two? All
2: right, I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> So, she seems to have some knowledge of the Amir and the Siridae. Um, she has a, a lot of otherwise hidden knowledge in general because a lot of, I think, a lot of forgotten things have been buried in the Underthing. And she's managed to ferret them out because it's not like she's lacking for time. She has a book of secrets that she's going to be giving both in that full regard. So, I thought that was fascinating.
0: It is. That's a fascinating little book. Phoenix, you want to do number three? Uh-huh. She likes to be scrupulously
1: clean and will not wear secondhand clothing. Uh, she's all about the mise
0: en place. What a what a phrase that I don't know, and you guys might <laughs> have to explain to me later. Um. Will might have to explain that one. <laughs> I so think he wrote
2: that. Mise en place is when you have sort of this everything in its place idea, um, where oftentimes like it comes out of French cooking, where you have the little ramekins of all of your ingredients. So then when you're ready to use them, you're just dump them in and then you're all set to go. Instead of having to dig through cabinets and cupboards when it's time to put them in and so you can season right on the go.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Maybe Ari is French.
2: (laughs) A little bit uh, with a, with a little dash of Marie Kondo thrown in there.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes.
2: (laughs) I mean, and that actually brings me, yeah, so go ahead.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, you, you, well, let's, let's finish our seven things first and then we, yeah. can yes. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can just roll with it. So number, the fourth thing we know about Ari, um, that Kvothe figures out, I think through trial and error is that she does not like questions and she does not like remembering.
2: Who does? Yeah,
0: but she specifically doesn't like remembering. Mm-hmm.
1: But this is common in a lot of our main characters. Quoth that's doesn't like remembering things yeah. Dena doesn't like remembering things, or at least Quoth says that Dena doesn't like remembering
0: things. That's very true. that's a very good point um and at uh, quite a touching moment, Ari is there for Quoth after the the plum Bob incident when he lets his memories catch up to him um so I think, and I think we'll talk a little bit later that they just, they have a, a very special relationship and that he is pretty much always honest with her. And I think she kind of brings out some of his inner child, but it might be getting ahead of us a little bit. Uh, Will, you <laughs> want do you want to do number five for us?
2: Yeah. So like Marie Kondo, she tends to view the world through an animistic lens, which is to say that in her worldview, everything has a soul or consciousness or agency to it. Um, Whether it's, you know, a person, an animal, or just some, some object that she finds, it has a soul to it that she's able to interact with and get to a truth of, which I think is really fascinating. Um, Thank you.
1: I agree. All right. And so it's my turn again. Yes, ma'am. All right. She rejects the Arcanist's worldview, twisting the world all out of proper shape, pushing everything about with the weight of her desire. I
0: really, that is, uh, Will went ahead and put that in, and I think that that is so key um, that Ari has such a hesitation to move things. Even something as simple as, what is it, the bedsheet? that she wants to take for her own. She she won't because it's not in its proper place. Um, Slow Regard is fascinating and I'll put a spoiler warning ahead, but um, if you're still listening and you haven't read Slow Regard, you might want to, or else you will have a quick regard of spoiler things. (laughs) I don't know if that made sense, I just came up with it. Uh, So number seven (laughs) on our seven things, Ari makes a new name for Quoth in slow regard of silent things. Now, I think there are definitely some clues that it is Quoth that she's waiting for in slow regard. Um, Specifically, the gifts that she makes in slow regard are, I think, identical to the ones that she gives him in wise man's fear. But is it possible that it's not him, that, that she was waiting for someone else?
2: I think it's unlikely because in slow regard it specifically mentions that Ari is the name that she uses to think to her think of herself and it's a name that was given to her by him of course which is left ambiguous but we also know that our Ari is the name that Koth has given her so unless there's somebody else who's also given her that name yeah that's, that's a very very good point
1: I think that the argument against it, which I don't really buy, is that because Ari talks about a poet, that it couldn't be both because both has such a disdain for poetry. But I don't think that that's enough of a reason to think that it's not both.
0: Right. Maybe she thinks of him as a poet. Mm
1: -hmm. Songs are
0: essentially poetry what's the music what is most what most is me hate
2: that
0: <laughs> as much as yeah what does he say he says something is a poem is or i don't know he says something about that very uh very close like in his um in his insistence that music is music is the true true art form so i also wonder why there are seven days mentioned in slow regard but in wise man's fear there are only six or do i have that backwards it's been a a bit of time since i've read wise
1: man's fear or listened to it about six months probably so i can't remember that
0: detail very very well okay i think that there's maybe maybe one day off but it's possible that who knows it is very possible that they that they are the same and i think will the point you made about her calling herself ari i mean unless somehow someone else as you say named her ari and i'm not sure who else that would be because aloden seems not to know her by that name and even if he did name ari that you'd think that he she would mention that to him when they meet up Um, but I, and we don't really know what it means or, um, you know, if it is in fact folks naming prowess, I think, um, there's definitely, I'm going to jump already to the fandom theories. There's definitely some theory out there that Ari is either Tabitha, the woman who. We hear um, Ambrose mistreated and ran away, or that she is the princess Ariel, whom Quoth mentions to Aaron in Wise Man's Fear. I think this is the only time we hear about Princess Ariel, whose name in the audiobook is pronounced literally Ariel. So, <laughs> um. Now, as far as Ari being a missing princess, I think that there are um, some, some, key, some key hints to that in that she eats crimly, she keeps herself clean, she won't wear any secondhand clothes. And again, one of the reasons I think this theory is probably true is that Alodin only accepts Kvoth into the naming class after he hears Kvoth call Ari Ari. And it was only like a week before that he told him no. So perhaps, um, like with folks naming of the horse, Ket Salem in uh, Name of the Wind, and him naming Dennis Patron, and him naming Nina, uh, he's, he might be very close to the mark of Ari's real name. Side note, in a recent Red Dead Redemption playthrough, I named a horse Ket Salem, and also named one Maedra. so I'm just really, you know, names are important. So we hear.
2: Well, oh, isn't that the isn't Kassalen also the name of your guitar?
1: It is the name of my guitar. One of my guitars. In- incredible. <laughs> one. Sock. It's the blue guitar. <laughs> yep. I love that. Yeah. And- the other one is named both because it's a a little guitar. It's a parlor sized guitar, but it is. Louder
0: than it has any right to be. God bless. <laughs> Taylu, help us. I also, <laughs> and I think you two know this, but I have a cat named Bastus who is very much like the book Bast in that he, I don't think, is from this realm. But he also, <laughs> <laughs> when he was a kitten, they told me he accidentally, this is kind of sad, got his leg shut in a door um, when he was a baby, a foster baby in Texas. And so he walks around, crouched, so it's literally like he has little goat legs like that oh. he's he's really cute, and he's also a shirt hole, as they would say <laughs> on the good place yep. he's a a, he's a little buddy, <laughs> oh he's a handful but 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 he's a good boy um so since i'm 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 in the theory part of my little shared document so What do you guys think of another, I think talked about fan theory that Ari is an angel, possibly the angel that we hear he fights with and that Chronicler says he kills. What do we think about, just because of the halo imagery of her hair, I think this is maybe why some fans think this and because of her seeming, purity of spirit and her beneficence and her connection to, as you said, the world and things in it. What do you guys think of the Ari as an angel theory?
2: So, my thought on that is that it's Horsaki, Like, so much of (laughs) both story. Um, We know that a lot of the stories about him are things that have gained a lot of legendary accretion. And I think that there are parallels between Ari and the angels as described in Scarpy's story um, with Telu, et cetera. Like all of that makes, there's parallels there and I can see how, especially if that's the dominant religious framework that people view the world through could then make those, those connections within both story as they hear it and retell it. Um I think that I don't know what angels are actually like in Temerant but we know what people believe about angels, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't even know if angels are real, we just know what people believe about them. Right. Um and so I could see that being may- maybe she is the one that people believe is an angel even if I think she's a mortal human personally. <laughs>
0: I, I think she's a mortal human there. You know, at this point I'm ready to believe almost anything Pat's told me because it's been nine years and I've been on Reddit a lot. So I've just (laughs) read all of it. Um, Yeah. Really the only things we hear about angels are that angels gave, um, Oh gosh, Nina, the dream about the pot, Mm -hmm. um, said an angel, showed her that. And in Scarpy's story, um, angels are eight individuals that Telu kind of christens, um, and they're separate from the Ruach, who I believe went with Aleph. But Scarpy's second story describes angels as having wings of fire and shadow, wings of iron and glass, wings of stone and blood they are said to be righteous and wise and terrible to behold and have fire like a star on their brows and no one, but the most powerful can see them. So this imagery, unless it's totally false and Scarpy is the one who says all stories are true and all stories are the same story does not sound like Ari at all. No. Um, And even I put on, um, my religious studies hat earlier today because I was looking through the Christian Bible and I apologize for the lack of um, understanding about angels and other religions. Cause I'm sure they exist, but you know, when Christmas time rolls around or, you know, you see Easter, it's these nice white people usually with the little halo around their head in the white robes. Um, but there are angels mentioned in the Bible with different imagery. I believe there are only three named angels in the Bible. There's the angel Gabriel uh, who appears to um, Jesus's mother. There's the archangel Michael who is supposed to be the leader of God's forces against evil. And then I believe the only other, well, once angel is Satan who was an angel, but then fell. Um, And I was looking through the book of Revelation today, and there is so much imagery in there, particularly a lot of sevens, like with the Kingkiller Chronicle. Um, And there are the angels in the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Christian Bible, actually herald a lot of cataclysmic events on earth that lead up to this huge battle between heaven and hell. And there aren't many descriptions, but there is one who's described as wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head. His face was like the sun and his legs like pillars of fire, which is pretty. That's like you got the cloud and you got the rainbow, which is also mentioned in King Killer Chronicle because didn't he read that one book where the Chandrian were like at the end of the rainbow or something like that? Oh, yeah, the little children's fable. Yeah, and he says, why would, why would anyone want to make kids afraid of rainbows? Um, <laughs> so in the, yeah, in the book of Revelation, and I think elsewhere in the Bible, the angels are very powerful, um, much different than the angels I think we normally picture. So all that to say, as we alluded to, with this imagery in mind, it seems a little more unlikely that Ari is an angel unless she possesses some kind of power we don't know, or unless she's in hiding. Um, I don't think there's any imagery about wings with her or with fire. There's definitely light imagery, sun imagery. Um, I think, and this is maybe what we call tinfoil, that Ari could be one of the Ruach, I guess, because Scarpy says they're pure of heart. But I think Ari, it just seems like she's a normal human being who has just been through a lot um, and who is very intelligent. So that was my little research on a little reading of the book of revelation. Always something to just really brighten up your morning. paging through that because it is, it is something. Um, I wanted to go uh, back to what you said, Will, about you thinking RA is a normal human because I'm thinking about the under thing now. And I'm thinking about what it used to be. And so this comes from the story of Mir and also what Alodin says about the university or the the university being built on the ruins of a much older university. And we know that they uh, that the university is in the Baron of Bellany, which sounds a lot like the city of Belen, which we hear, I believe, in Scarpy's story. So. Is it possible that the old university is the under thing and that Ari has been living there forever? <laughs> is Ari immortal? So, so
1: like, I, have a, <laughs> I have a thought on living there forever because yes. that would imply that Master Mandrag was also immortal.
0: Oh man, you're poking holes right in there. I appreciate
2: it. <laughs> So, I actually do have some thoughts similar to some of this, and I don't think it's strict immortality. Um, However, we know a couple things about the prime material plane in Temerant, and then also the plane of the Fae, which is that time works differently in the two of them. And Mm -hmm. we know a few, we've observed a few things in some of the rooms that she's found in the Underthing. For instance, she finds this ornate sitting room that's seemingly untouched by dust or mold or rot or any of the usual decay that one would see in a state of benign neglect. Um, And things that, like, I mean, she finds that fine linen sheet that seems brand new, right? Like, these are rooms that don't seem like they've been left abandoned for thousands of years. and so my thought is this may actually represent a, con- a planar convergence between mm. the prime material and the fae and so that means like she may be occasionally wandering back and forth between fe- the like fae the Fey world where time passes you know where a blink of an eye represents maybe 10 years 10 15 years or more or depending on which way you're Approaching things, the clock seems to to spin a little bit differently. So I think there's some of that where her she's definitely older than she appears, probably because she's spending time in places where time doesn't pass in the same way that it does in the Prime Material, and vice versa.
0: I really I really like that. Sorry, Phoenix. Go ahead. No
1: worries. The other thing that I was thinking is that because she doesn't seem to have a set map of where things lead from place to place within the under thing. It seems like things move, move in a little bit, like trying to get her way back and forth between rooms within the under thing. Don't seem to have a set path.
0: I, I, you know, and I haven't read Slow Regard enough to really zero in, but it does seem like there are parts she hasn't seen, there are times she gets lost. I mean, there are parts that she seems very familiar with and parts that she doesn't. My, I guess my kind of wonder is, is, and and maybe this is just because I don't fully understand Ari, but if you're a scared young girl, I mean, that seems like a terrifying place for you to go. Unless she, you know, felt its true power and, and felt like it was a safe place, we don't know what happened to Ari and why she left. But we do know, it seems from our studies with Mandrag, that she was a student at the university at some point, And Alodin knew her. It seems like recognized her at least and maybe knows her true name. But I've always kind of found that interesting that she ran down to the under thing when it seems like it could be such a foreboding place and she definitely, you know, there's black door and some places that she just does not want to go to. Um, It just seems very scary, but you know, maybe that was the only place for her to go or, or maybe she knew about it from someone.
2: It's also possible that as scary as it might've been, it was less scary than what she was dealing with on the surface. Um, Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: and I wonder how many other people know about the place. Because obviously there are pipes that handle the things above the surface, uh, like drainage pipes, sewage pipes. But I also wonder if Puppet might know a little more about the under, maybe showed her how to get there, possibly for, or possibly from
0: the archives. That's a great point, because Puppet 2 is someone who seems kind of beyond the realm of what's here and now. Puppet is, I, I wish we got a little more time with him. Um, I think that if Cloth had maybe spent a little more time with him, he would have understood a Loden a little sooner and not needed to go all the way to a demray or, or no, it was in the Eld when he was like, oh, huh, I guess that like, when people don't tell me things straight up, like that's a lesson too. <laughs> right the, I guess that's my quoth impression. Not quite the strong baritone, but it's a voice I use Whoa. for my dog and also myself. <laughs> like the man with the screw in his belly it was me all along, dude. <laughs> I, I think we're really There's getting it. on to something.
2: Bill S. Preston and Theodore Logan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, the under thing is, is very fascinating. And like I said, I wish I'd read Slow Regard more because there's there's so much in there. Um, and you, got, you two have read it, I assume, right? At least yep. once? We just got done rereading it, mostly because it's
1: such an encapsulation of Ari. Mm-hmm. And trying to find all of the bits of Ari in the 722 pages of The Name of the Wind plus the 1,000 pages of
0: <laughs> The Vice Man's Fear. It's a little hard. It it definitely
2: is. It's also more about how Ari actually sees herself as opposed to how both talks about her. Yeah. So it's yeah. a lot more, feels a little more authentic.
0: Well and I and I wanted to this this kind of ties into it, but I wanted to kind of talk about you know, because we've had nine years to think about these books and we now think everything's connected. If yeah. Ari is um if she's a namer or if she's a shaper, because she definitely seems to understand the way of the world and she's she exerts her will on um I believe it's when she's making the candle, she kind of brings all her power to bear. And I don't know if that's grammar or I, if that's shaping or if, like Quoth, we just know nothing about alchemy and alchemy, in fact, has a part of grammar or shaping or something like that. But she definitely has some kind of power for sure.
2: And she seems to use it primarily to find and preserve harmony as opposed to mold it into what she thinks it ought to be Mm -hmm. like she's trying to preserve the way things are supposed to be the way they're in harmony with the way they fit like she's not sitting here trying to make it the way she wants it to be because clearly there are things that she wants to be different but she recognizes shouldn't be
0: and we mentioned that in the seven things that she rejects, you know, the Arcanist worldview um, that you mentioned, of of trying to shape the world and changing things and you, and using your Alar to make things the way that you want. Um, Ari is very careful to, I think, listen to things and feel things and make sure that they are happy, um, especially with Fulcrum who. She, I think, carries all over the underthing just trying to find a place where he's happy. Um, and it's only when he drops and he breaks that she realizes he's meant to be like this and then, you know, she can put his pieces somewhere. But, man, Slower Guard is, is just fascinating. Um, I think it, it tells us so much about Ari and gives us so many hints of what's in the underthing. So it's good stuff.
1: I also note that she names a lot of things differently than like normal society would have thinking about the butter with the knives in it i think is a way to say that it's spoiled mm mhm saying that right. things either have knives in them or will hurt like have things in them that will hurt you is a way to
0: say that they're dangerous i think yeah that's that's very true is there anything else she says has knives in it or anything like that uh, not necessarily
1: always knives, but there's something that causes some sort of pain. Oh, along with her candle making. Hmm. I can't remember
0: exactly what. it is. And Will is at drawing a blank as well. So that's that's okay. Maybe a listener can can send me send us an email or I get at us on Twitter.
1: yesterday. I just listened to it yesterday and I should remember but I don't.
0: The the candle is um one of several gifts she brings Quoth. Um and she seems to have a hard time in slow regard deciding what exactly to bring him. Um so it was the candle, right, the kiss and then the knowledge that he could stay in the under thing if he needed to, which I think is an incredibly generous thing of her to do because she's so hesitant with other people. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there, there's some discussion of both actually being, you know, a villain or not being a good person, but I think Ari inviting him in there is, you know, if she knows what's good and what's bad, I mean, maybe she knows both's true nature. You know, maybe he really is the hero. And she certainly, um, I mean, she knows about the Amir and the Day, and she actually calls him the Day and says he's above reproach. But she also brings him three things that Taberlin is known to have, and that is the key that she says unlocks the moon, which is a whole separate conversation, um, <laughs> yeah. the coin, I think she brings him two coins and a candle, the one that she made herself. She also brings him food, um, and as well as the kiss and the invitation to live with her, gives him a wooden ring, which um, must mean something different than the wooden rings in Vent. She's not giving him the old Malo and Lackless, but. Um, <laughs> right. And I, I love how, you know, Cloth had. A happy childhood up, you know, up until, um, you know, his parents were killed, and he spent that time in Tarbien. I think, you know, he had to grow up so quick. But I think Ari brings out kind of that inner child. In that, you know, she almost, well, she doesn't force him, but you know, going along with Ari is, you know, well, well what's in the fish? What's in the bottle? You know, what what are these things? Which might be some you know, some form of her understanding a thing, but it also seems like, you know, something a kid would say. Like, what's in this mushroom? What's in this bottle? And I, I appreciate that Ari seems to bring out the best in, some of the best in cloth, and that he's happy when, when he's around her, and that, um, you know, he's patient with her. He doesn't, you know, try to push her. He wants to take care of her because I think, you know, as he's been broken and maybe is still broken, he recognizes that in her. So I think she's one of the people he's, he's really truly honest with. And that is, that is rare
2: for him. That's something that I noticed as well. She's the one person that he drops the bullshit around. Gives me the bullshit around. (laughs) Like he's got a lot of he, he wears armor all over the place and then he wears masks on top of that armor and you know layers and layers and layers and then when you peel down he's this hurt little child who is dealing with immense trauma that no one of any age should really have to deal with and um, you're right when he's around her he And it goes back to that more innocent child that's able to be vulnerable and is able to, um, you know, just be as opposed to trying to be someone. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's, um, you know, his responses to her are ones of empathy and ones of quiet and listening. He's never trying to impress her. He's just trying to do things that she will like because he cares about her, um, which is rare for him.
0: It is. And I, I was just thinking now that I think maybe with Ari, he learns some of the lessons that he ends up learning in Ademre. And, you know, the heart of Ademre is stillness and silence, is what is what either Vashet or Tempe says. And it and Quoth starts I think learning this with Ari because at first especially you need to be careful with her um, you know no sudden movements, no questions and you know no talking while they're eating I mean this almost now that I think about it kind of I don't think he ever thinks about Ari when he's in a demre but these are some of the same some of the same things as well as the maybe you know, speaking without thinking using his his gut instinct just to answer ari's questions um you know some of some of i think his best or worst moments happen when he's not trying to overthink and he just does what he feels um so i'm not saying ari is a microcosm of a Demray, but i'm just glad i made that connection Look at me being a little smart today. It's because I have you two to bounce things off of. Normally I'm just talking to my cat.
2: (laughs) Cats are good listeners like that though.
0: (laughs) They really are. Sometime. Phoenix, did you have anything to add? Oh, sorry. Oh, no. (laughs) That's
1: okay. Uh, Actually, Will Will and I are on the same page. He covered all the things that I was going to say.
0: Now, I know when we were um, prepping for this podcast, that we wanted, um, Will and and Phoenix wanted to talk about um, the moon and its connection to th- how Ori names the days in slow regard. You want to yeah. go ahead and launch on that?
2: Yeah. So, like, the first day is referred to as a white day, which I think refers to a full moon. Things are bright, clear, um, like on a on a full moon night, you can see everything. Like it's, it, it's like a, a just a relatively dim day, but you can see everything pretty clearly without need for you know lights or anything else. Um, and then from there, um, goes into a waning day where you know the moon is starting to be a little less full, and then you go into there's this one day where she just cries, and that's, I think, your complete new moon where it's it's black there's nothing and then from there you can see her slowly starting to push back as it goes into a crescent day and it's a it's a miserable day for her but she gets through it and then it's a waxing day where it's getting stronger and she's actually making things it's making progress and then back to a white day
0: i really like that i had not made that connection um, and we know that Ari is is somewhat connected to the moon. well, Quoth calls her his little moon Fay, or things of her as that, but she is she's kind of afraid of the moon i mean and and maybe she knows the power that it has, um particularly with kind of opening and closing the portals to Fay, so it's possible that with the moon um she maybe feels it's turning even when she's below um i think that i think that that is a is a wonderful connection i'm flipping through a little bit trying to find some of the 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 phrases she used for her for her days but like you said there's the white day the turning day that's a really good connection
2: well i I also noticed like, her, her relationship with the moon is also complicated, depending on where she sees it and how it looks. like So there are some days where she looks at it, and it looks nurturing and protecting, and she's glad. And then there are other days where it looks frightening and pointy, and she's not, not so happy to see it. She's rather afraid of it um, on those crescent days.
1: Sometimes it looks like it's looking down at her with reproach.
2: Yeah. So I think she has kind of a complicated relationship with it. And granted, I think she has a complicated relationship with everything because the world is complicated. And she's trying to keep it in balance and keep it in order. And that is no small task. Um, And all she can do is take care of her own little slice of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she really does feel that weight so heavily to take care of the world and and put things in the right place. And it almost seems like she might think she's one of the only people who's who's doing that work because other people are so careless. So I I wonder why she kind of puts that weight on herself.
2: Probably because she's able to see things that no one else can. Mm-hmm. Um, she's able to hear things that you, other people don't take the time to listen to if you were to hear someone crying out in pain and you were the only one who could hear you would be the only one who could respond and she's able to hear these sort of the, the pain that's going on within the world and everyone else is oblivious to it I mean I can see how she would feel called to act
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, i'm just looking at where we get introduced to ari in the name of the wind in chapter 53
0: wow is that late yeah wow i think it's after is it it, it after he first goes to the aeolian or is it before it's around the same time the
1: first thing that you see in chapter 53 is talk about the Aeolian. Mhm. It's after he has acquired his loot,
0: right? So that's after he meets Davy, right after. Because I know that there are, and I don't I don't really subscribe to any of this, but I know there's the discussion about who the woman is and that some people say it's Davy or some people think it's Ari and I'm pretty sure it's Denna, but there there are I think little breadcrumbs that it could either be Davey or Ari Mm -hmm. because we all meet them all around the same time.
1: Yep, that's about where we are in our read-through right now. And the more that I look at it, the more that I think the woman is Jenna. I think so too. There's a specific thing right before he performs his song at the Aeolian. Mm -hmm. that says the Aeolian is where our long thought player is waiting in the Mm wings. But this is also around the time where we meet the other two. What I like about this is that we get him playing for Ari and saying that he couldn't hope for a more enthusiastic audience.
0: I like that too. Ari really, really likes his music. And I mean, it's what draws her out, I think is is the music and is is there any evidence of her singing nothing i remember me either but that doesn't mean there is isn't. no i i think it's it was interesting to me i mentioned this on my last podcast about mola that that cloth trust mola enough to bring her to ari or maybe he was just too worried to really think about it. Um, and again, a little weird to me that Mola and Ari didn't flat out recognize one another because Mola's been at the university for a long time. Right. Um, so that was just something I was chewing on last week. And then I know I mentioned, and, and for my listeners, this is a bit of a... a um, Going over it again, but I think there is the distinct possibility that if Mola and Davy are close, Davy is gonna maybe find out about Quoth's friend who lives in the under, who lives under the university, and that's gonna create some kind of. I think there's a theory on Reddit that you know that's what um, that's what Chronicler is talking about when you know Quoth finds his heart's desire and he has to fight a demon to get it and, you know, or uh, trick a demon to get it and, you know, fight an angel to keep it. I don't know how well that fits in, but, you know, she is called Demon Davy. Yeah. I don't really necessarily think that's it. Um, But, you know, again, it's been nine years since that last book. So we're just really fishing (laughs) at this point. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think there was a specific point at which we just read it about how long our will people to be an alir and then a relar and then an elsa
0: yeah and and we know mola um attains the rank of elsa in name of the wind i think so, so yeah sim says something about it i think
1: six terms is an alir eight terms is a relar Ten terms of Malta, an and a term is two months-ish, but also weeks are longer. So I don't know how long that really is.
0: Yeah, weeks are longer. And and while we're on the subject of the calendar, this podcast is going all over the place, and it's delightful. So <laughs> you guys. I think we just went over the part where I don't know which mastered is, but ask both what the synodic period of the moon is and that, and it's 72 days, isn't it? I can look that one. I'm like that's maybe. a long time. Yeah. and Which I think explains as you're looking, I'll vamp a little bit because I know that there's discussion, um, that maybe the moon doesn't exist in the frame narrative because we never hear about the moon, but I think that is just possibly because it takes that thing, again, 72 days to go around. <laughs> like, that's a full two and a half times what it what it does for us. I mean, maybe that's why we don't see the moon in the frame. Um, I'll probably talk about the moon on a later podcast because, you know, she is a lady.
1: It <laughs> is 72 days, by the way.
0: 72 you know, and a third days. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Wasn't quite right there. <laughs> oh. that's, that's a long time. Yeah.
1: There is mention huh. of it being moonless in the framing device. I remember that one. I don't okay. remember the details.
0: Because he looks outside he, of the door and he noticed, he notes that it's a moonless night. Well, we know the three things all wise men fear includes (laughs) that night with no moon, the sea and storm, which is maybe Davy's Alar, or literally a stormy sea, and then the anchor of a gentleman or gentleman. (laughs) I'm ready for that third book.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've tried to... Keep my theory crafting and browsing to a minimum just because you tend to, the more you ruminate on a lot of these, the more you tend to start accepting them as true and then you get really angry when the finished work that you've been, been waiting for doesn't conform to that. So I'm trying to keep my expectations not there so that I can just experience the book as it exists instead of trying to make it what i want it to be that's fair which is kind of an re thing to do actually now that i think about it
0: yeah just just let it happen let it come to you yeah. i'm a little gullible so i will believe almost anything for about three seconds and then just kind of <laughs> like i will i will i'll believe anything um until i you know stop and think about it but if you you know, told me X word was written on the ceiling, I might literally, I might look because I'm just, Oh, really? So a lot of these theories I take and I read and I, I sit with them for a little while, but hopefully, um, as you said, none of them really color my experience of the third book. And at this point I'm really ready for anything. Like (laughs) anyone can die. Anyone can be anyone, you know, Denna can be a time traveler, both, you know, maybe coat is was never even cloth. he's just some dude with red hair who posted up in an inn and is trying to tell these stories i mean what you know really truly
2: yeah
0: yeah so after the strailing
1: incident and jake comes in and there's the big old death spider thing yeah uh it says hours later the innkeeper stood in the doorway of the waystone and going further down the page Looking up, he saw thousands of stars glittering in the deep velvet night with no moon.
0: Mm, okay. And that is, there's not much time. I think it's, is it, it's the next day after the scrail that mm-hmm. cloth goes and kills them. It, does a full day pass? Yeah. I think, and then... There's a day for, yeah. And then I think there's a day for Chronicler to rest and Cloth to rest. And then they start the story. So yep. I think it's possible that if the moon still does exist, it just isn't going to show up because the synodic period is so long. But maybe the moon finally escaped from Jax. You know. Or maybe the moon is dead.
2: Well, like they say that. The King Killer Chronicle Moon is full or new for at least seven days in a row. So
0: Oh. That explains that, it.
2: With that synodic period. I did some uh, quick Reddit browsing while we were talking <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> My man.
2: <laughs> so
0: Yeah. I mean and, that would explain and, that. And and we know a clever mortal fears, fears the night without a hint of sweet moonlight. I think that's what Florian says. So it's You know, this is the time when when Faye is open, and it's coming in. It's coming for you from beneath you. It devours. It's a Buffy reference, I I, think.
2: I yeah, that's what I was thinking too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, from I think the seventh season when there was that weird giant snake thing, which I hated. I don't know. I'm thinking of the snake thing. Okay, back to Ari, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a girl um What other what other Ari things are there out there to to fish for? I feel like we've covered some of the some of the good stuff. Phoenix is still dutifully looking for something. Oh, well, I'm just looking around in the book because
1: sometimes I'm like I know that there was a reference to something and I cannot find it. Uh, you know, talking about our our poetry bit, I found that briefly and now it's gone. Uh, but I believe it's uh both dad said something to the effect of how can you remember words that are not set to music.
0: Mm, yeah. I forget that. And I right, and I don't know if that's in Name of the Wind or if that's in yeah, because I think he says it's to Simon. But you know what? No. It might huh? It's specifically uh uh Arl uh Arladin.
1: Um Oh saying that to both mother
0: okay
1: the very beginning and that that shapes both disdain for poetry
2: poetry is a song without music and a song without music is like a body without a soul mm because I is,
0: think he's yeah, yeah. Uh, so I <laughs> he's think very he dualist says- the same thing to Sim, in yeah. the second book, when when Sim talks about how he knows authentic poetry. But I didn't realize Arlen and I had said that too. That's a great find.
2: Yeah, they're they're all very dualistic. They assume that the soul is a thing that exists.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, one
1: other thing about Ari and her name, Ari yes. seems very lyrical or musical, and.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Patrick Rothfuss likes to pull out words that have multiple meanings or multiple thoughts behind them. And Ari shows up when both is performing music and has an appreciation for his music. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that's, and I, I think Ari or something like it, um, you know, means something somewhere. And I, I feel like he, Pat has tried to claim that he doesn't, you know, look up what things mean. Um, but I don't necessarily know if that's true because Quoth thinks it means sunny and siaru, but Alodin corrects him. Um, that seems to happen a lot. <laughs> he
1: thinks yes, it, it does means something and it doesn't. Once again, yeah, one this, sock,
0: yeah, one like one sock. And I think very possibly with Master Ash. I mean it's possible that Ash is not well, I don't it doesn't really matter what the what the name is, but I think maybe doesn't Denna makes a joke about what about Master Elm? And mm-hmm. and Kvoth says maybe you know Elm is female. Can't be that. Well then you've also
1: uh, got the Ash and Elm and Hawthorne too yeah and oh, that man. also shows up in slow regard of silent thing uh ari speaks about them about those types of woods mm-hmm. and also the holly berries.
0: yes all all tied up the 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 king killer wiki says the name ari is similar to the latin for gold or golden, which I believe is uh, aureum, I don't know Latin. Um, so that Me neither could be. I barely know English. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oop. Well, I just dropped my phone. We're I just oh, having a great day, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, are there any other little little Ari things that we want to discuss? I think we've got a, about an hour's worth of potting for our dear listeners yeah. <laughs> to listen to while they're um, quarantined and we'll see how much editing I get done.
2: I, I can't think of anything else to go over here. And since I can't you either. tend to be, You tend to go for a short form pod. We'll uh, give your listeners some mercy.
0: Okay. Well, listeners, you heard it. <laughs> Will and, Will's giving you mercy. I guess Phoenix is too. I still don't know I, am I don't
1: mostly, know any of you. I, uh, I'm looking at some of the artwork that has been done specifically by Echo Chernick for mm-hmm. the Name of the Wind uh, art deck. So the playing cards. And looking at, at the depiction of Ari with her hairs plowed around her and boxing little green glowing thing. And and there's a lot of, there's a key mm-hmm. depicted in it. So, the
0: key to the moon.
1: Yeah. And that's officially proved artwork for yeah. her. So,
0: yeah. I think Echo Chernick was on, I think it was the Road to Tenue podcast, and she talked a little bit about some of this. So, that's a plug for them and of course this whole pod has been a plug for tales from the waystone which you can find where can where can people find it pretty much (laughs) everywhere i know i listen to it on itunes or spotify
1: yeah it's on there it's on stitcher uh it's even on google play podcasts and i don't know why i bothered but yes
0: (laughs) you you never know that's true who's looking for it well, folks, we want to wrap it up.
1: I think that sounds like a good idea. I think, well, maybe not exhaustive,
0: it was very informative.
2: It was a lot I of fun. I think it was,
0: too. It was a <laughs> lot of fun. Thank you both for, for being here with me.
2: Thanks and for potting with us. <laughs>
0: thank you to, to the listeners for um, hopefully getting all the way through this. I mean, there is a lot to talk about with Ari, so I think we touched on some interesting stuff. Well, until the next time, may all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short. Here's to one more day above the roses.
2: To one more day above the roses.
0: <laughs> to one more day above the roses. I hope I can say that. Yep. <laughs> you can okay. Say <laughs> Bye, listeners.
2: Bye.